At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Tell it like it really is We know Haney doesn't give a shh Silencing critics, eliminate misses Two chips never accept on shoulders to get better Everybody knows the name, read about it We're golf teachers, hall of fame, never doubt it It's time for the truth, here's our dude You're listening to Haney You're listening to Haney You're listening to Haney it's time for the truth, here's our dude. You listen in the Haney. Yeah. Listen in the Haney. Here on NoFilter.net. I'm recording on NoFilter.net today and gonna take some questions, kind of do a little different format for my podcast, take me back to my radio days where I get. An opportunity, I'm going to try this out, where I get an opportunity to let people in the audience ask some questions, kind of get me going. I kind of know what people like to talk about. Uh, One, they like to talk about their golf game. And number two, they like to talk about live golf. So that has been the topic that I have talked about the most is live golf. I am kind of enamored by all the talk that goes around live golf. Uh, I personally like Live Golf. I like what it does for the game of golf. I like the competition that it brings the PGA Tour. I think competition makes everybody better. And I think it's going to make professional golf better and the game of golf better. Now, people say Live Golf is tearing the game of golf apart. I'm like, what exactly is it tearing apart? Uh, I, I I don't quite understand it. I mean, it's brought more money to professional golf. It's brought more spots for players to play professional golf. It has brought tournaments 
to places that didn't have tournaments, either either in Thailand, which didn't have a tournament. Uh, they're going to play in Australia this year, which really is is uh, starving for big name stars to come there and play. And make no mistake about it, there are big name stars on the Live Golf Tour. Uh, it's brought tournaments to places in the United States, like Portland, like Boston, like New York, like Chicago, all of which did not have tournaments this year. So I, I think it's been great. And when people talk about, you know, growing the game of golf, they love to scoff at the live golf players for saying that. But yet the PGA Tour says that. And what do they mean when they say that? They mean uh, bringing tournaments to communities, getting people excited about the game of golf, getting people to come out and watch the game of golf. And that maybe incentivizes them to go play more golf or go hit golf balls at Top Golf, or which I I know for a fact is more crowded during the Phoenix Open week, the Waste Management Phoenix Open week, than it is any other week here in, in Phoenix. I think this argument that it's bad for golf, what is it bad for? It's bad for the fact that live golf means that you have not as many stars on the PGA Tour that are names that people know, that names that people have watched, that names that people look at and say, hey, those are my favorite players because I've seen them a lot. They've won major championships. Uh, Brooks Koepka, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson, obviously, Cam Smith, obviously, uh, great, great players. So, yeah, that that the negative is, is that they're not playing as much together in certain events. So what did the PGA Tour do? They they went and they got their schedule organized where now all the pros are going to play. The better players are going to play in these elevated tournaments, whatever that means, these elevated tournaments, which means more money, basically, is what that means. They're going to play in these elevated tournaments. And they're all going to play in, in certain weeks, which needed to happen. It was a long time coming. But I think what's happened is, is that more money for PGA pros, tour pros, is good for them. Absolutely good for them. And, of course, they don't they, – these PGA tour pros that didn't go to live golf and didn't take the money – they don't want somebody coming and taking their money back. So they don't want these guys to be able to play both tours. I understand that. Makes sense. PGA Tour made a, a mistake and not figuring out a way to work together. I don't know what the way is that they can work together. They may need to work that out. A lot of talk about that in the last week. Greg Norman needs to go before we we uh, talk about anything. Roy McIlroy made the comment, we need an adult in the room. we got to get rid of Greg Norman. I mean, Roy McIlroy, does he talk enough? I mean, seriously? You know, he's number one player in the world, great player. I love watching him play golf. I wish he would just stick to playing golf. I don't think he's a great politician. He's elected to be on PGA Tour side. I'm PGA Tour, rah, rah, PGA Tour. I get it. If you don't think that Rory McIlroy and every other player that turned down a live golf offer, and whether or not they they – turned down the offer or didn't. They would have had an offer. Let's face it. If they were, there would be an offer there on the table. And they decided they didn't want to do it. But do, but do you not think that they had some discussion somewhere with their agent, with their wife, with their parents? I don't, I don't know who their discussion was. Probably multiple discussions. And they thought, you know what? If I stay on the PGA Tour, I can win this tournament. I can win this tournament. 
I, I've got less competition now in the FedEx Cup. I can win a bonus there. I can win my PIP money, which is the popularity money that the PGA Tour is now dialing out. Tiger won that again this year. Rightfully so. He should be the one that wins that. So do you don't think they didn't add all that up in their mind and think, you know, the tour is going to raise the, the purse and there's going to be less great players competing for that money. I can make this much if I stay. If I leave, some of my endorsements are going away. Everybody, everybody has made that calculation. That is what they have done. They have made that calculation. And then they figured out, you know what? I'm going to be better off if I just stay here or thereabouts. And it's, I'm not taking a chance. I'm not, you know, because who knows? That tour may disappear. This is what they're thinking. That tour may disappear. And the next thing you know, uh, you know, where am I going to be then? I can't get back on the PGA Tour. So they made that calculation. Everybody made that calculation. Some players are still making that calculation because what they're doing is they're talking about having seven new players. Everybody's, you know, kind of guessing who that might be. A lot of rumors around that that are going to join Live Golf next year. And I'm sure there's going to be some of them. I don't know who they are. Uh, you know, rumors about Cantley, rumors about Xander Shoffley. You know, who knows? We'll see. We'll wait and see, but I'm sure those are two guys that are on the list somewhere that are thinking about it or have had offers or whatever. So everybody's made the calculation. Is it better for me to stay or is it better for me to go? And the ones that have gone have said, you know what? It's better for me to go. Why would guys go? Okay, why would Brooks Kepka go? Well, uh, hadn't played very well leading up to his decision been hurt a lot, uh, wondered if his career might never be the same or might be over. You know what? Maybe I ought to just take, maybe I, I can make a bunch of money playing on Live Golf. I know that. Not as much competition, not as many players to beat. I can I can go ahead and, and, and make a lot of money out there, uh, and I can take this big lump sum that I'm going to get, and you know what? You know, it's it's kind of an insurance policy. So you know what? I'm going to I'm going to take and and by the way, uh, my brother's got a spot out there, too, and I'm helping him out. And I'm sure that was some kind of a little package deal some way. So, you know what? Why not do it? Bryson DeChambeau. Same thing. He was hurt. Uh, who knows how that hand's going to heal? I got this offer on the table. If my hand doesn't heal, but it, you know, I can, and, and his calculation is, you know what? I'm going to be a YouTube star. I'm going to be a long drive guy, and I could make this money. And you know what? You know what? It makes sense to take it. Cam Smith. A lot of people wonder why would he do it? Why would Cameron Smith win the Open Champion? Because Cameron Smith, this wasn't his first year on the tour. He's he's been on the tour for quite some time, and you know, yeah, he won a, a major championship. Yeah, he's played great. But does that mean he's going to keep winning majors and keep playing great? And by the way, he's in all the majors for five years. So the only real thing, what's he really giving up other than a membership at TPC, you know, Sawgrass? What's he really giving up by going to LIV except for the fact that he's going to get all this money for doing it? You know, I can see why he made that decision. Dustin Johnson, you know, he's, he's not just coming into his prime. He's, he's moving in through his prime, and obviously, he likes money. There's no doubt about that. It's just pretty clear. He, he likes the money. I don't blame him. Hey, if he, if, you know what? It's his decision. What, what motivates him? He's won plenty of tour events. He's won a major championship. He's still going to play in major championships. 
I want to be part of something different. A lot of guys have that idea. I want to be part of it. I can see all their decisions. I can see why Rory stayed. I can see why Rom stayed. Uh, Rom wants to, you know, Ryder Cup, Rory Ryder Cup. Uh, you know, all this money is going to be left on the tour. The guys that were winning aren't winning now. And I'm just going to stay put right here. And I'm going to win PIP money and I'm going to win bonus money and I'm going to win uh, tour championship money and FedEx money and all this stuff. And how much is it going to really be different at the end of the day? It's probably not going to be that much different. I'll just stay right here. Maybe I could make a little bit more over there, but you know what? I'm going to stay right here. I understand everybody's decision so far. I think it's been really, really, really clear. Uh, you know, and, and, and I think in the future, what you're going to see is it's going to be the same thing. Some are going to go, some are going to stay, and their decisions are going to be pretty clear. All right, Kenny John, I uh, appreciate you uh, typing in a little questionnaire. Do you think the broadcast partners and sponsors might consider the shotgun model on tour Thursday and Friday play? I, I doubt it because, because I don't think the PGA Tour commissioner will do anything that is remotely the same as what Liv Goff is doing because they just want to – downplay Live Golf. They want to dog Live Golf. They want to talk as bad as they can about Live Golf. And one of the things they knock about Live Golf is the shotgun, shotgun model. Now, obviously, obviously, it's better. We know that. More competitive. Why? Because everybody is teeing off at the same time. There's none of this weather issues, okay? But you can only fit so many people on the, on the golf course. They have smaller fields. PGA Tour has bigger fields. You'd have to have a double shotgun. They're not going to do it. It's not going to happen. No way. Should the PGA Tour have smaller fields? Yes, they should, in my opinion. They should have smaller fields. Do I like the shotgun deal? I do. I like turn on a telecast. I don't, I don't know how many people have, have watched this live golf. You know, some people think it's really hard to find. Oh, how do you find live golf? Nobody's watching live golf. That's a bunch of BS. People are watching live golf. They're on all kinds of different, different avenues all over the world. Lots of different countries are, are watching live golf. When they added up all the numbers, they said it was, you know, easily over a million people watching. You go on, you type in YouTube, and YouTube, there's a search bar, and you type in Live Golf, and immediately it'll come up and it'll say live stream, and you click on it, and you can watch it. You can watch it live. The broadcast is absolutely fantastic. And you know what? It's not hard to find at all. Now, the broadcast partners for the PGA Tour, would they like a tighter window? Uh, I'm sure they probably would. Wouldn't it be nice to know that your your telecast was going to start right now and end right now? How many times you turn on PGA tournaments? I, I do it. And you turn it on and you think, you know what? None of the players that I want to watch are playing. And people like, well, you get to watch everybody who's leading. Well, what if a bunch of no-names are leading? And by the way, they have a bunch of no-names now on the PGA Tour. They got a bunch of guys that nobody's heard of. Wouldn't you like to see the better players now maybe not maybe they're not the best players but maybe they're better known players and and <laughs> this is an argument that i always make would you i'd rather see a better known player i like to watch phil mickelson play golf i like to watch dustin johnson play golf i like to watch brooks kepka play golf i like to watch bryson de play golf i like to watch all these guys play golf i really do and 
if I'm going to watch the PGA Tour and I'm going to watch who's playing good that week, out of the 10 players that they're going to show a lot, and it might not even be 10 that they're going to show a lot, how many of those guys do I really even know, to be honest with you? Because there's going to, you know, the field's big. Somebody's going to jump up there. I like to see when I tune on the Live Golf broadcast, they show all these players. It's so many shots. So obviously that's going to change when they get, you know, more sponsors and they get a broadcast sponsor and they have commercials and everything. But it is fun to see so many shots at once. So I like the model. I like the shotgun deal. I don't think the PGA Tour will do anything, anything remotely close to what Live Golf is doing because they want to say it's no good. It's an exhibition. It's, uh, you know, it's not even a competition. It's shotgun start. It's three days. It's 54 holes. It's not 72 holes. If the business model that they have in their mind works for 54 holes, so be it. What, what, what do you have to have? What's the magic about 72 holes? I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, if 54 holes works, you know what? Easier on the players, one less day. Uh, easier on everybody running the tournament. If they can still draw the numbers that they that they think they need to get from a broadcast partner, from a from a uh, you know uh, gallery situation where they get people coming in and and seeing the tournament and paying ticket prices, and people say, "Oh, you know, they're they're giving away all their tickets." They're a startup organization. I mean, what what you know? I, I'm so tired of looking on Twitter. And, oh, they it t- here's the ticket prices online. Who cares? What does that what does that have to do with anything? I mean, their their model is not based on making money off of ticket sales. Whether it's $10 to get in or $110 to get in. Has anybody sat there and like figured out what that equals at the end of the year? It's not going to pay back their investment. They need to get a broadcast partner. They need sponsorships, advertising, and they need this team concept to work so that they can sell those teams and somebody needs to buy those teams. That's where they're, they're going to make their money. They're not making their money for ticket sales. So everybody gets on there and says, oh, they only, their tickets only cost $10. doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. And they think for some reason that means people don't like live golf. But you know what? Every person I see that I teach that I talk to them. They all that have watched Live Golf. They all think, man, that's great. I love watching. I like watching both. Why? Why is it? Why is it that you can't like both? Why is it? What is it? What is it that you can't like the PGA Tour and watch the PGA Tour, and you can't like watching the Live Golf Tour? Why? Why is a fan? Do you have to pick one or the other? I don't get it. I understand why the players need to pick one or the other. I don't understand why the fans need to pick one or the other. Why? It makes this makes no sense to me whatsoever. All right, who else is joining me? Anybody else have a have a question, a comment, something you want to talk about? Uh, John Webster, PGA destroyed the Australian golf tour with a wraparound schedule. LIV is actually growing the game in Australia. There you go, and that's and and that is true. And by the way, did you just see the world's largest golf lesson ever given by Cam Smith? They lined up all these. I don't know whether they were in a park or a golf course or somewhere. It was in Australia. And Cameron Smith was teaching. He had his teacher there. And that was a really it was in uh, Brisbane. And it was that was a, a cool, cool deal. And how can you say that's not growing the game? So it's the people that scoff at that 
And I think they scoff at it because some of the players say, oh, you know, we, we want to grow the game. Everybody knows why they went. Every, they went for the money. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that they went for the money. And that's why they went. And let me tell you something. A lot of people that stayed, why'd they stay on the PJ Tour? They stayed for the money. Because if they weren't staying for the money, they would go to the European Tour where there's no money. Or they would go to the Asian Tour where there's less money. Or they would go to another. Why are they on the PJ Tour? Because that's where the money is. So it's all about the money. And you know what? A lot of guys that stayed on the PJ Tour and didn't go to Live Golf, they didn't have an opportunity to go to Live Golf. If you saw the amount of, of names, and trust me, they are there. If you saw the amount of names of players that, ha- that wanted to go to Live Golf, asked to go, called up, their agent contacted Greg Norman or whoever else they need to contact. Their agent contacted them and they did not have an opportunity to go to live golf. You saw that list and that list would be very, very, very large, very large, very, very, very large. All right. Kenny John asked me another question. The putting tip that Lauren Roberts uh, gave me. Okay. Uh, and this putting tip was way back. He got a good memory. This was way back when I was working for ESPN. I was at the Hawaiian open in Honolulu and my producer said, Hank, get somebody to do a tip. So I saw Lauren Roberts. He was one of the best putters on the PGA tour. I said, Lauren, nice guy. I said, Hey, would you do a putting tip for me on, you know, live on TV? And he goes, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll do it. He said, but, you know, Hank, I putt different. And I said, well, that's great. That'll make it a better tip. And he, I said, so what do you do that's different? He said, I don't think about the line at all. The only thing I think about is the distance I'm going to hit the ball. All I think about is speed. I don't think about line at all. I said, not at all. And he goes, no, because if I get the, the speed right, I will always get the line right. And the thought process there is, is obviously if you hit a putt too hard, it's not going to break as much. If you hit a putt easier, it's going to break more. To see the true line of the, of the putt, you have to get the speed right. I can't, I, I, I laugh when caddies will say, play this ball one cup out to the right. And I'm always thinking to myself, how do you know how hard I'm going to hit it? Because if you don't get the speed right, you're never going to get the line right. So, that was the tip. You always got to get the speed right. Kenny John wants to know, you know, how, how do you find the best grip pressure for putting? Everybody will tell you pretty soft. Okay. That's just, you know, I, you know, I would say pretty close to soft enough that uh, you barely have hold of the club and the putter won't go out and fall out of your hands, but you're not gripping it too tight. Because obviously when you grip it tighter, it tightens everything up from your fingers up to your shoulders. And theoretically, you're not going to have as much touch. So much softer than probably most people hold on. Uh, I would say with a putter, softer than you hold on with a a full swing. And, uh, you know, I I think that's one of the elements of, of touch. 
But the other element of touch is knowing how long and how fast you need your stroke to be. But all this is dictated on one thing that needs to be consistent, and that is center point contact. If you don't contact the ball in the center of the putter, it's going to go a shorter distance than it would have gone if you hit it in the center of the putter. So you really have to get good at making consistent, solid contact. If you make the solid contact, then you will start to develop a touch and a feel. And if you don't have that, you can have all the great grip pressure you want. You can have the great length of stroke. You can have the great speed of stroke. You can have all that stuff. But the first thing I would start with is always making center contact. And that's why that drill that Tiger always used to do with two tees, one tee on the, on the toe of the putter, just outside the toe, one tee just outside the heel, and you stroke in between those two tees. If you hit the inside tee, you'd be hitting off the toe of the putter. If you hit the outside tee, you'd be hitting off the heel of the putter. And you miss those tees, you hit in the center of the putter. That's how you're going to develop your best feel. That is, is for sure uh, my favorite uh, little putting drill that you can do because it starts off with one thing that you absolutely have to do when you're putting is you have to hit the ball solid in the center of the face. And if you do that, then you're on your way. All right, back to, back to live golf for a second. I'm looking at the top players in the world. Okay, I have my little list here. Okay, and I'm thinking to myself, who is going to go next? You got Rory McIlroy. He's not going. You got Scotty Scheffler. He's not going. He is not a rock the boater. He is making more money than he ever dreamed of. He was number one in the world. I'm sure he enjoyed that. He'd probably like to get back to number one in the world. You're not going to get there on Live Golf because they're not giving those guys any world golf ranking points. You can bet on that. That is not going to happen. By the time they figure out this world golf ranking points, it's going to be too late. All the Live Golfers are losing points so fast because they haven't played in tournaments. And if they do get points, the way this whole system is, is dictated right now, this world golf ranking points, is, is that you get few points for smaller fields. They're absolutely hosed. There's no chance these guys are going are to get enough points to make a difference. That ship has already sailed. The only thing that could happen is, is the World Golf Ranking Committee, official World Golf Ranking Committee, they could come in and say, hey, you know what, we're, we're ship canning the whole thing. We're going to start over and we're going to have a different way of doing things. And there's no chance that's going to happen. Zero, because they're because the world golf rankings are all controlled by the golf mafia and they're not going to change anything. It's not going to happen. So forget it. If you want to be ranked high in the world, you got to play in the PGA Tour, period. Who is that deterred from going on live golf? See, this is the one big thing. Like we want to deter people from going to live golf and they threat. You're not going to be able to play in majors because you're not going to get a world golf ranking point. Sooner or later, the majors are going to change what they're doing. They're going to change it and how they're picking their fields because they want to have a good field. This isn't their fight. This is the PGA Tours fight. They want to have a good field. So I, I, I don't think that, that they're going to go off these World Golf ranking points forever. And I also don't think 
that uh, these players on Live Golf have any chance to ever see anything close to a high ranking on uh, the world golf rank. It's not going to happen. Cam Smith's still third. It's just because he hasn't dropped off yet, and he'll start dropping off and dropping off and dropping off. He's already on Live Golf. Then you got Cantley, you got Rom, uh, John Rom. Not real happy, obviously. You can tell. You can tell what he's he's not real happy with all the Rory, uh, you know, Rory having so much influence. But I don't see him going anywhere. Uh, Cantley, his denials were not too big. I'm not going, so. I, I have my my uh, thoughts that, that, you know, you might see him do something. Xander Shoffley. See, I don't understand why a player like – and these guys probably have plenty of money, but what's plenty of money? Canley and, Shaw, and Xander Shoffley, they've played in their Ryder Cups. They've played in their President's Cups. Why wouldn't they take the money? Uh, that's just me. I, I, and they're probably sitting there back and forth in their minds. Should I, should I not? Should I not? Should I, should I, should I not? Who knows? Uh, Will Zell Toro, seventh in the world. This is how these world golf ranking points are. Will Zell Toros is seventh in the world. Now, how in the world is he seventh in the world? This is the thing. You know, they talk about the live golf as exhibitions. I thought this is all, all I do is follow professional golf. I can't remember who won a tournament. I can't. I can rem remember the majors, but you know what? Honestly, I got to think about those. I mean, I remembered Cam Smith obviously won this year. You know, uh, what's Fitzpatrick uh, won the the Open or the U.S. Open. Cam Smith won the Open Championship. You know, Scheffler wins the Masters. Okay. And then uh, I mean, who even won the PGA? See, I, I can't remember. Uh, Justin Thomas. Okay. So I got to think about that. So try to figure out who won any tournament on the PGA Tour. You know what? They're all exhibitions. I've said this so many times. There's four tournaments. Four tournaments. That's four. U.S. Open, British Open, Open Championship, as they call it, the PGA and the Masters. There's four real tournaments. Everything else is an exhibition. So when they say live golf is an exhibition, they're all exhibitions. Don't kid yourself. They all are. Justin Thomas is eighth in the world. He's not going anywhere. Fitzpatrick's not going anywhere. Colin Morikawa. Colin Morikawa is 10th in the world right now. He probably got offered $100, $150 million. And when he was offered that, I thought to myself, you know what? He would be a good candidate for taking that money. He, he does well whenever he putts good. Now, he's got a new putting coach. Maybe, maybe he'll putt good more often. But he is not a good putter. And I would have to say that the chances that he's going to make what he could have made on the Live Golf Tour is going to be somewhere hovering around zero. It's not going to happen. My opinion, it's not going to happen. But, you know, maybe he wants to win PGA Tour events. I don't know. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's already won two majors. Uh, take the money and run. <laughs> Show me the money. That's what they said. Uh, Victor Hovland, 11th in the world. People think he's going to be a great player. Okay, when's it going to happen? 
He's young. But when do you start seeing this? Not a good short game. Not a great putter. Okay. Tony Finau, 12th in the world. Tony Finau has been on a rip roar the last two months. Doing great. Won four tournaments in the last, whatever, year. He's won four tournaments and he's won, for those four tournaments, won $5 million. You get $4 million for winning one live golf tournament. Seems to me like a business decision that maybe wasn't, you know, who knows? It's just, it's just, it's all what you care about. Okay. But personally, I don't get it. Jordan Spieth, he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. He's PGA Tour. Sam Burns, he's probably not going anywhere. Tom Kim, this, these are the 15th, top 15 players, not, you know, not counting Dustin Johnson, not counting Brooks Kepka, because they're no longer on the list. And of those top 15 players, I'm like, how many of them are really needle movers, really? So when Liv Goff talks about getting some more players, who are they going to get? Who's really out there? When they do get somebody, people are going to say, oh, you know, that guy's not that big a name. Well, who is a big name? That's a question I have. Who is a big name? Because when you look at the list and you go through that, you go through that list and you look at, at the world golf rankings and you go down, okay, I just gave you the top 15. Number 16 is Max Homa. Number 17 is Billy Horschel. Number 18 is Cameron Young. Number 19 is Adeki Matsuyama. Number 20 is Shane Lowry. Number 21 is Sunjay. And my, my point is, there aren't big names. I think if you if the Live Golf got a Tom Kim, he's a young player. The PGA Tour is touting him a lot. And he's a you know obviously a, a, a very good young player, and he's from you know South Korea, so that would be a great market for them to to really you know get a good foothold in with with Live Golf. I think he would be very valuable. Obviously, uh, Hideki Matsuyama is valuable. Why would he not take it? Why would why would Hideki Matsuyama not take the Live Golf money? He's had a bad back or bad neck or whatever he's had. It's bothered him for a year. This seems to be the formula. Bryson DeChambeau, bad wrist. Uh, Paul Casey, a little bit of a bad back. Um, you know, who, who else? Kepka, bad knee. You see? And these guys get these injuries, and then they think, you know what? Maybe I better just take this money because I'll tell you what. In golf, it's like you're, only, you're as good as your last round. That's what you are. You're as good as your and, – and your confidence is – Something that will always uh, be suspect. Okay, it just will be, and you you may you may be confident today, and you hit it bad, and you're thinking, you know what, your confidence, oh, man, I've been playing very good. Maybe I ought to take this. Or then a guy wins a tournament, thinks, oh, I'm playing really good. I'm going to keep winning, and I, you know, I'll stay right where I am. And I'm sure this goes on back and forth with all these players. But I, I, you know, when I look at the, the, the these players, I go through the list. I, I don't, I don't see a, a, a lot of difference makers there. You know, they're not going to get Rory. They're not going to get Tiger. They're not going to get Jordan Spieth. I don't. Scotty Scheffler's been number one in the world, but I, I don't think he's he's you know really moving a needle. 
you know, who's 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 moving the needle? You know, I, I don't think it matters who they get. If Livgoff comes with any amount of good players, it's going to divide the tour in terms of less great players to watch. And I, you know, I got to think at some point, you know, maybe all of the golf audiences is growing. Like there's more, there's just definitely going to grow. There's going to be more watched golf, but is there going to be more people watching the PGA tour? No. Is there going to be more people watching live golf? No. Combine the two. Maybe, maybe that's going to be good. All right. Kenny John geography may be the bigger difference maker here. Uh, I, I think you're absolutely right. I, I think I think that's what they're after. They, they're trying to grab players on Live Golf from all these different places, and that's been their formula. Get somebody from this country. Get somebody from this country. Get somebody from this country. And I, I, I think that's what they're 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 after now. That's probably a pretty good plan. It seems you know what? It seems like they've had a pretty decent plan. What they put together in a year, I think, is is uh, has been pretty darn good. And I, I don't, like I said, I don't understand the animosity of what everybody's so pissed off about because in the end of the day, this has been better for the players. No doubt about it. All right. John's asking me, have I recovered from my pickleball? <laughs> have I recovered from my pickleball defeat at nationals? Yeah, I was not good. Uh, I was not at my best. Uh, year before I was good. Well, we won our little, uh, you know, group, but I was not, uh, I was not good this year. You know what? I didn't practice. I didn't play. I didn't have high expectations and they were pretty much met. My low expectations were met. Uh, I was not good. I was not good. I wasn't awful, but I wasn't good. So anyway, but I love pickleball. It's fun. And, um, you know, it's 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 right up there with golf. This is my studio, and I've been given uh, golf lessons, and it's uh, it's been going great. I have had. I'm gonna, I'm going to talk about instruction just for a second. When I this is this is a great thing. When I was first started coaching, I worked at Pinehurst Hotel and Country Club, and this was in the early '80s. That's where I met Mark O'Meara. I was, you know, I, I was on the driving range. Mark had missed the cut at the Hall of Fame tournament. And he asked um, one of my colleagues, Ken Crow, he said, uh, you know, would you watch me at some balls? And Ken said, well, let me get somebody else. And he went and got me. And that really started my career. I mean, if I, if, if I hadn't met Mark O'Meara on that day, nobody would, would ever know who Hank Haney is. Uh, and and I, I taught Mark for like 25 years. And you know, he, he won two majors and player of the year and made it to the Hall of Fame. So that was that was cool. But it started in in, in Pinehurst at Pinehurst, you know, hotel and, 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 and country club, which is one of my favorite places in, in, in the world. And it is it is like it is just absolutely like the the place. I mean, I like like, you know, golf in the United States is is Pinehurst. So. So, so that's that's where it started all the way back in nineteen, like nineteen eighty two, and then it just you know when. But when I f was teaching at at Piners in the early days, there was a teacher in Piners. His name was Paul Berthley, well known teacher, 
very, very good teacher. And he used to have, he had, he had a system where he had like a pipe. This pipe was like, as I remember it, this pipe was about this long. And he would have people swing with this pipe and make these moves with the pipe. And you would practice these different different moves with the pipe. He actually had golf schools that he did in his backyard. Can you imagine that? He had a golf school in his backyard, no golf balls, no clubs. You had this pipe and you would swing it. And I thought to myself, this is the craziest, stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. How would people actually come to a golf school where all you do is swing a pipe? And now here I am fast forwarding, you know, uh, 45 years and I'm teaching in my studio, in my uh, studio I made, which happens to be one of the garages at my house. We have like had some extra garage space, so I made it into my golf studio. And one of the things that I do with people is I have them take a lot of practice swings. You've probably seen my one shot slice fix, which is which is a video series I did with Performance Golf Zone. And it's a great series. Helped something like a couple hundred thousand people learn how to cure their slice. And we advertise that I can fix your slice in one shot. But you take a lot of practice swings. You take like hundreds of practice swings, hundreds of practice swings. No, my point is this. I have seen the best results I've ever seen in coaching over my 45 years with people focusing more on practice swings, making slow motion practice swings, finding different positions in your swing. First, if you have to do it in parts, you do it in parts. Then you do it in slow motion. And then the next step is you do it in slow motion with the ball. Then the next step is you do it, you know, when you're when you're practicing, but with more speed. Then you do it on the driving range. Then you do it on the golf course. Then you do it in the tournament. That's the that that's the progression that you have to make. And if you struggle, you go backwards and you do it. You you do it slower. You do more more position work, feeling it understanding what it's supposed to look like, but also understanding what it's supposed to feel like. I've got the best results I've ever got in coaching. Uh, I, I think practice swings are actually more valuable than hitting golf balls. I think uh, practice swings to me are the most important thing you could do. And one of the reasons I like it so much is, is that people can take hundreds and hundreds, I mean, literally, you know, maybe thousands of practice swings and they don't get worn out like they get with a full swing. All right. Um, Jerry is asking a question. Is there a secret to getting my fairway woods, especially my three wood or hybrids airborne? My driver's swing speed is 80 miles an hour. Okay, this is a great question. This is a great question. Because I did a, a series and I, you know, I, I hadn't. I hadn't been hitting a lot of balls. I did a, a series for performance golf zone on fairway woods and hybrids. And I was out on the driving range and we were hit, I was hitting balls for this series and talking through through all this. And my driver's swing speed's, you know, over a hundred, but but uh, as you swing slower, you're gonna hit it lower. Okay, know that. Higher swing speeds send it up more. I mean, you look at Rory, he sends that thing straight up in the air. He's got a ton of speed. All right. So you're gonna hit it lower when you swing slow. But I was hitting on that range and I'm hitting my three wood. 
and I can't get the ball in the air. And I'm hitting my hybrids, and they, they, they're not going in the air. And they're, go, they're going so low, I can't believe it. And so I take my adjustable thing, and I adjust my three-wood up. Now I adjust my three-wood to, you know, from 13 degrees to 15, up to 17. And it's still not going very high. And I'm like, what is going on? These, club, these clubs today, I, I don't think they're designed very good. So you know what I did? I got my trusty tight lies fairway wood out from years ago. Years ago, Adams Tight Lies. I was on the first infomercial with the Adams Tight Lies and did so well. I got my uh, Tight Lies out, and I, all of a sudden, my, my Tight Lies is going like this. I'm hitting it straight up in the air. So what's the difference between my three-wood swing and my Tight Lies swing? The difference is about a degree aloft and a whole bunch of difference in the design of the club. I do not think these fairway woods are designed very good today, and I don't think the hybrids are designed good either. Everybody designs clubs to do one thing. Hit it as far as you can, you can because that's what wins the game. When a manufacturer designs a club, he wants you to, he wants you to hit it as far as you can because if you hit it as far as you can, you win the game. Well, <laughs> how do they do that? They get the ball to spin less. People who play golf slice, 90% of people play golf slice. They spin the ball too much. That costs you a lot of distance. They get the ball to spin less. And when you spin it less, guess what? It doesn't go in the air as much. So I, 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 I think this is, a, this is a universal thing I'm seeing right now. I asked my friend Tommy Armour III. Tommy's played the tour forever, played Champions Tour forever. I said, I said, I can't get my I can't get my three wood in the air. Can I say? Can you get your three wood in the air? He says no. I, I, he said I can't get my three wood in the air either. I, I, I said, what do you do? He says I'm, I'm using a five wood. Why do you think this is this is a question for you right here? Why would Dustin Johnson, who drives it 330 yards, why would he be using a seven wood? Just ask yourself that question. He's swinging a driver 125, 130 miles an hour. Why would, why would he be using a seven wood? Why would that be? And you know why it, the answer to that question is? The answer to that question is because he's using a seven wood because the three woods are so poorly designed. That's what I think the answer to the question is. So, so Jerry, my, my answer would be this. You shouldn't even have, a, at swinging 80 miles an hour, you should not even have a three-wood. Use your five-wood as your three-wood. And by the way, that's just what I'm doing nowadays. I forget about the three-wood because I can't get it in the air. And neither can other guys. Uh, the touring pros are all using five woods. It's, it's, it's amazing. For years, they wouldn't, they wouldn't use a five wood because it would go too high. Now, all of a sudden, everybody's using five woods in places they're three woods because the three woods go too low. So this is just something that's happened. I think it, it, you're, when you're talking about swinging 80 miles an hour, you need clubs that are designed to get the ball up in the air. Uh, forget about the three wood. Get a five wood. Uh, you know, for, forget about the the uh, three hybrid. Get something with more loft on it. Pick the club out based on the trajectory you hit it, not by what it says on the bottom. Forget about what it says on the bottom. 
figure out how how high you hit it and then go go from there. All right, uh, Kenny John said he saw uh, TA3 make a home one uh, at Harbortown <laughs> playing with Rory uh, McIlroy back in 2009. I'm going to ask Tommy about that, and uh, you know, I'm sure he'll remember it. Uh, Harbortown, one of the best courses uh, ever. So. At, and, and that's going to be an elevated event this year. So they're actually going to have some so a, a good gallery. So that'll, that'll, that'll be cool. All right. Um, I got to go. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed uh, being with me. Thanks for the great questions. I'm going to do this. Uh, I'm going to try to do this once a week. And uh, I, I love having everybody come in and ask questions. There's a button down there that is, uh, it says knock. Okay. And you can knock in on that button. And you hit that button, knock, and if you're sitting in front of your computer, you'll be live in person. Uh, you don't have to ask the question by typing it in. You could look right at me and ask that question, too. So hopefully next time we'll do some of that and uh, get some of you guys on. Thanks, everybody, for joining me. appreciate it. And uh, hope you enjoyed uh, my podcast on nofilter.net. All the best, guys. See ya. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.